Wow. What an honor and a privilege. Thank you very, very much. It uh, means so much for me to be here, and uh, I, I thanked Pastor Darrell for allowing me to share on this uh, last weekend uh, because I really feel like God's put something on my heart uh, to be able to share with you. And it's really my last time uh, as a youth pastor that I'm going to be able to share. So I thought, you know, I have to share something out of the box. I have to share something kind of crazy. I have to share something a little bit edgy. But then I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't want to offend anybody. And, and then I thought, well, what are they going to do? <laughs> Fire me? <laughs> Now, with all sincerity, I just want to say thanks to the pastors and the staff here, uh, and of course the church. Uh, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for them. You have great leadership at this church. I've been built up so much, and again, Pastor Darrell especially, and Pastor Fred, but Pastor Darrell, thank you so much for pouring into my life over the last six years. I would not be here without you, so thank you very much. Yeah. So going into the edginess of this, I'd like to start with my title, just to kind of throw you off base a little bit. The title of my message today is, Kick Your Butt. With one T, uh, one T, not two, one T. So if you have notes today, would you get those out? And at the top of your notes, would you please write, Kick Your Butt, with one T. This is going to be a big day. I'm really excited to be able to share this with you because it's been this life-altering moment in my life over the past couple months, especially uh, the last month in decision-making. And so I want to kind of share with you what I felt God has really put on my heart for this weekend. Title of the message, Kick Your Butt. The verse we're going to be looking at today is found in Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 1. I'm looking at the ESV, and if you, uh, you want to look on the screen or pull it out yourself, please look up Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 1. This is the story of Moses, and many of us recognize the story and understand that there was a burning bush, and God was calling Moses to go before Pharaoh to free the Israelites. And many of us know that, that Moses was a little bit hesitant, or I should say a lot bit hesitant going into this. And this was Moses' response to what God was calling him to do. So starting in verse 1, it says, Then Moses answered, But, behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. What I want to highlight for you today is that word, but. Going into verse 2 through 5, we, I just want to summarize briefly what happens because it's incredibly crazy. If you just read it and pass by, you're missing a huge point in the Bible because what God does in this next section is kind of not in the ordinary day of Moses or us. Think about what happens starting in verse 2. Basically, God tells Moses to throw down his staff. And what happens? It turns into a serpent. How many people here are afraid of snakes? Like, I am, I'm deathly afraid of snakes. While I was in Atlanta this last week, I was on the golf course with a guy, one of the pastors of the church, and I, all of a sudden, like, there was some rustling in the bushes. I'm like, you guys don't have snakes in Georgia, do you? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, ah, I just started freaking out. I hate snakes. So think about how crazy this is that he has a staff, and I want you to throw your staff on the ground. It turns into a serpent. 
not your normal day, you know, just something different about what's going on here. And then God challenges us to pick up the snake from the tail, so he picks up the snake, and it turns back into a staff. Again, just not your normal day. A little bit weird, a little bit different. What was the point of God doing this? It was to tell Moses that there are no buts about it. I'm God, believe in me. That's the statement. That's the theme that God's trying to do. And he doesn't just stop there. He goes on in verse 6. And just in summary, basically he asks Moses to put his hand inside of his cloak. And he pulls it out of his cloak. And what happens? He has leprosy on his hand. Again, not just a normal day for Moses right now. He had no leprosy. He puts out. He's a leper on his hand. That's kind of disgusting, kind of nasty. What does God say to do? Put it back in his cloak, and he pulls it out, and it's back to normal again. What is God trying to say? There are no buts about it. I'm God. Believe in me. But even with this just tremendous miracle that God's just performed in front of Moses, not even talking about the fact that you're standing in front of a burning bush talking to God, Beyond all that, Moses still, in verse 10, skipping ahead, verse 10 says, But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you've spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. And in verse 11, Then the Lord said to him, Who has made men's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And in verse 12, Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. And of course, to close it out without any hesitation. But, he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. I want you to see the significance of this word but and how it affects our everyday life. If you're taking notes, would you go ahead and write right in the middle of your notes page, again with one T, the word but. But. But, how many of us know that but, that word strongly affects every sentence we use it in? It completely changes everything about what we're trying to say, and it turns it into something else, and we may not even know it. Let me put it like this. On your notes right now, on the top, I want you to write this word, minimize. Minimize. Because when you use the word but... What you've said before that word gets minimized. Am I right? Because what you said afterwards, something, it's going to change what you're trying to say. So when you say but, it minimizes what you're trying to say. And even sometimes, it eliminates it. It eliminates it. Sometimes you'll be trying to say something, you're trying to explain something to somebody, and then all of a sudden you say but... And what happens? It either minimizes or sometimes even eliminates what you said before the word, but. Now, this also affects after what you say and, of course, what you're trying to really emphasize. And because that happens, it magnifies what you say after. It magnifies it. So when you say but, the things that you're saying before that, it gets minimized and sometimes eliminated. And then you say, but, and what you say afterwards gets magnified and sometimes elevated above, elevated above what you've said before, but. So you're saying all these words, but a lot of times they don't mean anything because of one word. 
And everything after it gets magnified and elevated above what you've said before. Doesn't that just sound like a lot of wasted words before this? Because we're trying to say something and then we're trying to say something else. How many people get a little bit confused when people use the word, but? Because people take things differently and they understand things differently and we say it all the time. Let me give you some examples of my life as I was growing up. I, I remember I wasn't a bad kid. You know, I didn't do like a lot of bad things. I didn't like drink, drink and smoke and do all that stuff. But there is one thing I did come, I, I did do all the time. And my mom's here. She'll attest to this. I came home late all the time. I remember days that my mom would just, I would walk in the door and I'd kind of like try and sneak in like, oh, maybe she won't hear me. And all of a sudden this chick turns around. I'm like, she remembers that. And she didn't even have to say anything. I just looked at her. I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so in trouble. I'm so in trouble. And I would talk to her. I'd be like, Mom, you have to understand. I I, I can be home on time. I want to be home on time. But, right, my friend, you know, he was doing this and doing that. And I had to be with my friend. But, there was this traffic, and I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't get through it and all this kind of stuff. I, I tried to be at home, but all these different excuses. And what happens when I said the word but? She didn't hear that I wanted to be home on time. She didn't hear that I tried to be home on time. All she heard was but, excuses, excuses, excuses. But changes the way we're trying to say something. It completely transforms what we're trying to tell somebody. I remember being in college here at Christian Life and with a couple of my professors here to testify to this. I would say, you know, I really want to get my work in on time. I really want to get, you know, put it in, get your paper. But, you see, I, I was so busy this week. I had all this stuff that I needed to do. And, and oh, I was sick. And, and I had all this stuff, so I, I, I can't turn the paper on time. You know, I really, really want to, but... Excuses, excuses, excuses. And what are they here? This gets minimized. The fact that I wanted to get my paper in on time gets minimized, sometimes even eliminated after enough times. And the word but transforms it into excuses, excuses, and they get magnified and they get elevated above what I was trying to say in the first place. When I got married, (laughs) the word but changes everything. You see... I'm really sorry for doing that, but, right? But, you know, you said this to me before, and it hurt my feelings, and all this kind of stuff, and this kind of stuff happened. Did she hear that I'm sorry, or did she hear the excuses? Did she hear the reasoning behind me trying to say this and that? Can I tell you something that, that really, and we, I feel like we have a really healthy marriage, me and Rebecca, we have a really healthy marriage, but I think it's because we did one strong thing. We changed, the, we changed our wording to rather than saying, I'm sorry, but, we weren't allowed to say but. We had to say the end. And so when we were in a situation, we were talking about something, it didn't matter if it was the dishes or, you know, whatever it was. If there was something that happened, we came to this point in our marriage and we just said, you know what? I'm sorry, the end. Can I tell you, I think there's marriages that can be saved by that simple tool. Because when you say, I'm sorry, and you stop there and you say, that's it, I'm sorry. You leave out the excuses, you leave out the reasoning, and sure, there's time to talk about that stuff, but you know what? When you're going to say, I'm sorry, say, I'm sorry. Don't try and list excuses. Don't use the word but 
and try and say something else because what happens is the fact that you're sorry gets minimized. It gets sometimes even eliminated. And all they hear is the reasoning and the excuses and the blame. It totally changes what we're trying to say when we use the word but. Last month I was so challenged. I guess it's been a month and a half now. I've been so challenged with talking with Pastor Daryl about this move to Atlanta. And, I, and it's been such a, I just, just as, from me to you as the church, I, I just went, this has been such a difficult decision in my life. Because on the top here, I felt called to go to Atlanta. I felt like God was leading me to Atlanta. I felt it really strong, me and Rebecca, both of us. But... There were so many times I just felt inadequate. I felt, God, you know, I, I don't know if I can handle all that. I don't know if I can go through. I mean, training leaders, training youth pastors, training worship leaders. I, maybe I need more experience. Maybe I need more time. But I'm so comfortable here. I love the people here. I love dealing with the worship and working with Pastor Dale. I love what I'm doing here. But that totally minimized and it totally eliminated the fact that I was called because of my butt excuses. And what was magnified, what was elevated, I was so comfortable. I was so happy. I was so content. That's what got magnified, and that's what got elevated. And that's what made this such an incredibly tough decision. Because I knew I was called, but I had all these excuses that got magnified in this challenge of a decision over the last month. What's my big point in this? We need to kick our butts. We need to kick our butts and start seeing things God's way. I want us to take this in because I don't don't have a 13-point message. I have a one-point message. It's we need to kick our butts and start seeing things God's way. Way Because what does God want us to do? Can I just totally change the way we look at this piece of paper right here? Can I totally change the way that we view the word but? And can I help you see it how maybe God is directing you to use this word? Because you know what? When God gets involved in our our lives, just in, in salvation, when God gets involved in our lives, he turns our lives upside down. Am I right? He changes everything. When you meet Jesus, it's a 180 effect that changes everything in your life, and it works the same way. with this word. What I want you to do and what I want you to see is to flip this completely around and see how God uses this in scripture. In Matthew 19, 26, it says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. In 2 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, for he was crucified in weakness, our weakness, but lives by the power of God. Listen to this. In Ephesians chapter 2, 3 through 5, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, get this, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You see how this completely flips around what God minimizes and what God eliminates is the negative. And what God magnifies and what God elevates is the positive. 
Imagine what would have happened if Moses would not have done this. If, Ma, if Moses would not at one point in time have flipped this mindset, we would not see the Israelites set free. We would not see the staff raised. We would not see the crossing of the Reed Sea. We would not see these things because he wouldn't have flipped his butt. But he did. And because he did, we've seen these miracles come to flourishing because he switched his butt to use it the way God has designed it to be used. Imagine with me my examples that I gave earlier, looking back into my home life with my mom and coming home late. Imagine if I would have told my mom, you know, mom, there was a lot of traffic. There was a lot of things. My friends, you know, they were doing this and that. But I still came home on time. You see, there's a little more work involved when you flip them, but it's the right thing. It's the right thing. Imagine with me if in college I were to tell my professors, you know, I was really busy. I was really busy this week. You know, there was all these things. I even felt a little bit sick one day, but I got my work in on time. I got my work in on time. Imagine if in our marriages we were to say, you know what, we've talked through a lot of stuff in the past. We've dealt with a lot of things, and I've talked to you about all those things, but I'm sorry. The end. No excuses. There's no more paper here. Sorry, no more paper. But magnified and elevated, I'm sorry. I love you. The end. Because that's what you're trying to say. That's what you're trying to magnify. That's what you're trying to bring into the first place, the first priority. And what gets put before this is minimized and eliminated. Because the emphasis is on what comes after the but. Can I tell you, over the last month and a half, all the buts, eventually, when I was able to put them before the word but, it changed how I made my decision because I didn't feel adequate. I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel like I could speak well enough or I was a good enough worship leader. I felt so comfortably here. I loved everything about this place, but I was called by God. The end. You see the change that happens when the excuses and the reasoning, and the explanations, when they come before the but, and what gets emphasized, and magnified, and elevated, comes after. Imagine what can happen in your life when you switch how you use the word but. My one point, as I said before today, is kick your butt. Because if you don't, you'll never accomplish what God's calling you to do. You'll never accomplish what God's calling you to say. You'll never accomplish the successful marriage or successful relationship that you're in because God is calling you and desires that for you. But, but 
is what stops us. But is what makes it challenging. When we use excuses in the wrong order and we make the reasons come after the word but, but if we turn it around and we switch it and we see how God's designed us to use it, his way of saying it, it's a lot more work, believe me. It would be a lot more work, right, Mom, if I came home on time? It would be a lot more work for me to do that. But I'll tell you what, it'll change the perspective of what I'm trying to say. It'll change your life. It's, a hard, it's harder to do that. It's harder for me to leave and go to Atlanta. But God has called me. And what is it that God's calling you to do? And what excuses are you trying to use to get away from it? Can we stand to our feet this morning? And I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. And we're going we're to close in a time of worship. But um, it's just been such a journey over the last six years. And uh, I've learned so much. And I just... Uh, I'd really like us to close in a time of, of worship and just honoring God. That's, that's our number one. That's our, our number one priority. I think that's the right way to end. So can we just bow our heads and close our eyes across this room today? Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to search within ourselves. God, would you search our heart, God? Lord, would you search us? Help us to see things like you do. Help us to use words like you would want us to use them. Lord, I pray for our marriages. I pray for our relationships. God, I pray Lord, for everything that we face, God, every sentence we use. And Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would help us to see things your way. Lord, we're completely yours today, God. Lord, we need you. We need you today, God. Can we just surrender our hearts right now? Just give them praise. Just give them worship right now in this moment. Lift our hands. Lift our hearts. And let's just magnify the King of Kings today. Jesus, Jesus,
challenge in life. There's a lot of things we face. There's a lot of things we go through, but his love never fails. It never gives up, and it'll never run out. Amen. How neat it is. This is our last song that we're going to be doing today, but there's no better way to go out than to say, you know what? He's always done it in the past. He's doing it today, and forever and ever and ever, we can count on God. So can we just sing this together? I'm counting on, I'm counting on God. I'm counting on, I'm counting on God. I'm counting on, I'm counting on God. I'm counting on, just sing it in, I'm counting on.
Pastor John was preaching, I was looking at this, and I was thinking to myself, I told Jonathan he couldn't go, but he didn't listen to me, and uh, the reality is I told him he couldn't go, but God has bigger plans for John. God's got bigger plans for us. God's got bigger plans for you, and we need to hold on that, and you can count on God, and you can take that to the bank. I can't wait to see what God does in all of our lives as we live for him with his blessing upon us. I'm going to let uh, Pastor Jonathan and Rebecca go um, out to the lobby at this time, and and, uh, we just want to give them an opportunity to uh, say goodbye to all of us. And so we have cake and coffee, and and, uh, we're just going to move into the lobby in just a moment. And so you can give a hug, a handshake if you have a card today. If you want any, give any gifts or anything, there's a basket out there. But Bye, Rebecca. We love you, too, very, very much, and uh, we will miss you and uh, Pastor Jonathan. And uh, as, um, so, so definitely take, take time to, to uh, say goodbye to them. But I'm just going to ask you to be seated for just a moment here before we go. And uh, this is something we do every Communion Sunday, and I want to make sure that we do it today, is we receive an offering for the poor. And um, actually, these are the offerings that help us to take care of crisis situations that come up or needs in people's lives. And obviously, last month, as I mentioned, went far beyond what we were expecting. And um, uh, so, again, this offering that you give goes to help people that are in need. Uh, They may be from our church. They may not be from our church. They uh, might be in our area or on the other side of the world. We're not always sure where the needs come in from. But Um, This is an above and beyond offering. This is not your regular giving. This is a special offering. And so if you are in need yourself, I don't want you to feel any obligation to give. 
This is for anybody that maybe has more money at the end of the month, and you want to help those that don't. You want to help somebody that, that is in a crisis situation. And so if you can give in this offering, uh, everything you give goes to help the poor. So again, this is above and beyond offering. This is just something in the Bible that Jesus asks us to do in taking care of those that are poor among us. And so, uh, again, uh, this is above and beyond. And uh, so I'm going to invite the men and women to come forward. And as they do, let's pray. God, we love you today. We honor you. Lord, we have felt your presence. We have heard your word. God, we have been challenged. God, we have grown, and we thank you for that. But now, just in this final moment before we leave, we remember those in our world, those among us that are in need. And God, we just believe that uh, you are going to supply all that is needed for the next uh, several weeks in the coming month, God, uh, for requests that come in. And God, I pray that uh, you would just... Uh, have everything right at our fingertips to help people to show your love uh, to the the poor. And God, thank you uh, for this opportunity to worship you through our giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you go, I I do encourage you to take your bulletin with you as you go. Take the calendar for September. There's so many special events, and they're all marked with a star inside of the calendar. Uh, Also, on the back of the calendar is the... uh, uh, First mention of an upcoming men's retreat that sounds absolutely fantastic. And so men, take a look at that, and you'll hear more about that in the weeks to come. There's so many places and and times that you can invite your friends. But once again, most of all, uh, I ask you to come out this Thursday and be a part of a live studio audience for uh, 180 with Carl Clausen. We're going to do that again right in the lobby. It's going to be a great time. You won't want to miss it. That's this Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. And um, again, thank you for being here today. Thank you for honoring Pastor Jonathan and Rebecca. I know it's uh, hard on all of us. We're sad, but we're also excited for what God is going to do in their lives and what he's doing here. And so we celebrate that, and and we look forward to what God has for us. And uh, we're going to step out and have cake in just a moment. But before we do that, let's receive the blessing of the Lord that rests upon his children, upon upon our lives. Just stand for the blessing, and, and then we can fellowship with one another and, and head out and say goodbye to Pastor Jonathan and Rebecca. But this is the blessing that rests upon the covenant people of God, and this is the blessing that rests upon you this week. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing. And God, I thank you that that is just a covenant promise. God, there's no buts in there. God, you just say, this is what I'm going to do for you. And so, Lord, we receive that this week. Keep us safe. Keep us strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Fellowship with one another and head out. Grab some cake. Grab some coffee. Say goodbye to Pastor Jonathan and Rebecca. And uh, again, thank you for being here today. If you came in late, Miss Communion, I'll be down front to serve anybody that needs, uh, needs communion.